Before we begin, we have a favor to ask. If you like this podcast, please help us spread the word about the show. Go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Another way is to tell a fellow art teacher. Either way, it helps others find the show. The Blocks, Paper, Scissors podcast has a lot of information regarding teaching art, not just for tab teachers, but for anyone who is looking to further their understanding of children in a choice-based classroom. This show is about finding new ways to engage children and help them find their voice through visual arts. Blocks, Paper, Scissors podcast. My name is Clark Freilich. And I'm Clyde Gaw. And today, Clyde and I are getting back together after an eighth-month hiatus to just kind of catch up on a few things and nothing really in particular. But I did want to throw in this disclaimer that this is unscripted podcast and therefore may contain some potty mouth words. <laughs> You have been warned. <laughs> we should do dramatic readings from <laughs> well, William yeah. Einar. Or we could talk about um, uh, Frederico, Frederico Garcia de Lorca, uh, Lorca who, the great Spanish poet uh, who was a huge influence on the Surrealists, Salvador Dali. Um, uh, I think he was a friend of Marcel Duchamp and um, other Surrealists, uh, but was uh, well known amongst that group of folk for his concept of duende. Duende. Which is, as we know, the spirit of creativity. We're learning about surrealism, and with well, we were talking about it in class. In the other fourth, day. really, and with your, well, with your, the we, kids, we were talking about where artists get ideas, uh-huh. and the concept of, you know, imagination, because we're we were getting ready to do some art um, task parties. Uh-huh. And trying to get kids to understand that, you know, ideas don't necessarily just come out of thin air. Right. That they are born from our experience. Right. And, and through our brains, through our mind, our imagination, try to explain that to a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, and to them, it just seems like they come out of thin air, but... They don't. And so we we were looking at some surrealist paintings and, and just trying to, you know, 
make sense of some of them and not really worrying about whether we could make sense, but just get them, get, let them see the idea that, you know, this is one of the ways that artists get their ideas. Uh-huh. And, you know, they might look silly, but they're not, they're, the idea is still good, you know, so. The idea is valid. Um, that, you know, thinking about ideas, that's, that's the unique aspect of tab art education is it's conceptually based uh, on the uh, dependent on the individual's concepts and um, you know we you know we learned from Kathy and Diane who uh, who had discussed this with their colleague um, Paula, Paula Pauline, Pauline, yes. Pauline Joseph, and um, you know where do artists get ideas? And you know the imagination is a major source. Memories, feelings, and emotions through observation yeah. and experimentation. Right. And you know, I, I can't, over the years I kind of thought about it and I observed. You know, there were like, sci, you know side of side effect uh, idea generation from collaborative uh, experience and creative impulse based on collaboration so that is another source of ideas and I think the surrealists were you know playing around with automatism also yeah and getting back to play playfulness and um, creative impulse, so um, an ambiguity. Yeah, am uh, relying on yeah ambiguity. It just yeah. So, but you know that's those are things that we um, we don't get into the deeper stuff with my sixth graders. But you know they they come not sixth graders six year olds, but they come up with some really imaginative ideas and. So oh, I'm sure they give, they're very serious when they get into your room and they know that Mr. Freilich is giving them license to use their imagination yeah. and their personal ideas. They're taking it very seriously. As opposed to high school kids who have been through, you know, they've been in K-12 ed. Many of them take it seriously. Others do not. And, you know, some of them come in disengaged. And that's when I have to work harder as a teacher. You get disengaged students. And uh, that's something that seems to be a running theme on uh, a lot of our forums, like the, uh, the Tab Educator Forum, uh, Mighty Network Forum, other forums where there's tab discussions. You know, how do you, how do you work with disengaged students? And one, you know, I read from different our teachers there, they consider a solution would be, you know, to deduct points from them if they're being lazy and call their parents up. You know, and tell them Johnny's not participating in class. And I, I find that to be counterproductive because it just makes a child angry. Well, the whole concept of using fear as a motivator is is not something that 
I promote in my classroom. We don't want fear in our rooms. No, we want, you know, fear is that big, it's the enemy of creativity. And we've talked about it before. Uh, you know, the fear of ridicule, the fear of being made fun of, the fear of putting oneself out there. Um, and then to have a teacher turn around and say, well, if you don't do that, I'm calling your parents. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now, f- we okay, so we bring, bring up an interesting, uh, an interesting th- theme of fear here, in- interesting s- subject here, fear. We, I mean, you can use fear in other s- subjects to g- motivate children to do work, but I don't think it has a place in the art room because from, you know, that time-sensitive moment, the phenomenological experience of the child is they're ticked off and they're not going to do anything for the art teacher. They're going to hate art. But if they are thinking about fear that they might have somewhere else in their life and they are thinking about fearfulness, that personal fear that they may have in another realm of their of their existence, they might bring that. That might be subject a subject that is near and dear to them that they might want to explore as an art theme, an art idea. So back to where do, where do ideas come from? And, um, you know, personal experience, memory, feelings and emotions, those are, that's a valid subject to, to develop art from. They're all very powerful motivators as well. Once you get a student realizing that they have the power and they're empowered to do that and the freedom to do that and the autonomy to do it so you have to deal with that more i think in a visceral manner in the high school because it's more i mean it's there it's they carry those i think those invisible backpacks with them all the time. Yeah. Um, and even though it's there in elementary school, I think it's there to a lesser degree. Um, but it is there. You know, kids are dealing with all those issues. But I don't know if they're self-aware enough at this at some at this stage that it's affecting them in a more visible way. Uh-huh. So, you know, we I do have kids who, you know, are dealing with a lot of stuff. And I'm sure. and we always you know, kids are are pretty resilient, but when it's repeated over and over and over and over and over and it just they they start becoming uh, overwhelmed by it. And um, sometimes they just bra- they might break down in class because they know that their art teacher's room is a safe place. And sometimes we see the visceral effect of, you know, trauma or anxiety. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's and because they have because their agency is not legislated out because they can, you know, they can. Uh, reveal their emotional 
well-being um, in the art room. It's just hard for them to verbalize, so you see a lot of stuff come out through the artwork. Mm -hmm. And they'll talk about it in a way that makes you, that, you know, fires off lights, alarm bells, things in your head. And, um, yeah, we're always on the lookout for those kinds of, <laughs> that, those kinds of signs. If it, if it's revealed in your classroom that whether it's made up or it comes out yeah. in the art, you have to like yeah. do an investigation. Yeah. But that's, that's not always, a, always report it. Yeah. It's not our job. It's like we, we call, we call the authorities or whoever we need to get a hold of, but then we, uh, we take care of it. Yeah. But uh, I just, you know, I was just thinking, you know, we ain't, it's been eight months since we sat across from each other talking about TAB. It's been a while. And uh, I think our last podcast was The Healing Power of Art. Yeah. And, um, and then our Summer Institute was kind of over the same topic yeah the, the summer institute tab institute was uh, the t the uh, theme was the trauma-informed art education and uh, the healing power of art yeah and that was well attended by we had two sessions we had two, yep we had two sessions uh big big groups in each session we like 140 total uh uh, folks from around the world attended the TAB Institute. We were happy to see um, all those folk. And our sincerest thanks to Jen Ranke and Melissa Pertie, who were the TAB Institute coordinators. and um, Doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Yeah, that was, that was tough. So that was tough. Made our jobs a little bit easier. But it's a long day, so... Um, you know, I'm glad people partake, partook in it and took advantage of it because I thought it was a, it was a great uh, professional development, at least by the um, responses we had. Yeah. And it people seemed to like it. Well, um, for certain, uh, Pam Ehrenreich, Stacy, Julie, you know, they helped make our... Uh, our uh, professional development program, very special. Yeah, a lot of experience there, and uh, great people. Um, the, the attendees were great, a lot of good questions, a lot of great participation, and I'm just, uh, I'm just glad to share what I know about TAB with them, because I'm always learning alongside with them as well. We're still learning. Yeah. I'm just now beginning to learn. Yep. I'm just now beginning to learn. What is they saying? When you stop learning, you die, right? <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. Uh, Always learning. Uh, Always keeping our um, eyes ahead of us and seeing what is going to happen and what is new. So we were uh, we were talking about other PD opportunities for TAB, and we know that we have there are many 
enthusiastic art teachers who are presenting on tab at their state com conferences coming yeah. up this month and next month. <coughs> Excuse me. Look, look in your state conference schedules to see who's doing what. Are you presenting this year? I I am not presenting, uh, but I will be at my state conference, and so I'll be there to talk tab with anybody uh, who's going to be in Fort Wayne uh, at the Indiana State Conference. I haven't so, decided if I'm going or not. So I'll I'll be there, and um, then we know that um, later on. There will be some choice-based presentations in San Antonio at the national conference. I don't know. Ex I don't know exactly who uh, is presenting it, but we we know that the choice uh, art education cadre is very active at the national level. So there will be some presentations there, um, and. <clears throat> We know also that there will be some, in the spring, this coming spring, there will be some, uh, some, some major events, uh, spring and summer of 2023 coming up that we'll talk about at a later date. And so we, yeah, uh, always, yeah, always, you know, check here, check the, uh, tab website, check out Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks. Um, that is a, uh, a wonderful platform uh, as we slowly migrate over to Mighty Networks. We'll be hopefully offering some professional development on there. Um, that's what we used for the TAB Institute this year. And it was, um, it was new to me. It was new to, well, everybody. I'm trying to figure it out. Brand new platform. Brand new platform. Trying to figure out how to do it all and I think um, I think it worked I think it worked we had pretty good pretty good event so we're ha we're happy about that yeah so if you're not a member of Mining Networks go ahead and and join I know the Facebook group has blown up and it's over 10,000 yeah, members over right 10,000 yeah. imagine it was 10 11 years ago we all met at over on the east side of Indianapolis, you, me, Julie Toole, Lisa Van Plus said, Brian, Can Candy Paul Price, Brian was Ryan there, Hull, our friend yeah. Brian. Um, uh, we Can was Candy. Uh, can yeah, Candy Paul Price was there. Julie was there, and Julie's friend. Uh, now I forgot her name. Is it Kitty? Uh, yeah, Kitty. Kitty, Kitty Condi. Yeah. Kitty Condi was there, and. Um, we had uh, two other distinct Tom. Tom, Tom Maltby. Tom Maltby was there, and so was Brett. Brett, uh, our friend Brett yeah, from Brett. Uh, Northern Indiana, yeah. was there too. Yeah. So. so, and from those conversations, we, you know, that was probably one of the most fruitful gatherings that I've ever been involved in because out of that came. Um, this uh, the Facebook group, yeah, which is at ten thousand strong. Yeah, and then the the precursor to Tabstock, yeah, which was the Chicago Tab. Yeah, right? Chicago Tab Tab Professional Development. Group. Yeah, and um, 
It, I, I'm thinking um, anybody who's enthusiastic about TAB, start your own group. That's how that's that's how we, you know, that's how the the best professional development happens is you get some art teachers who are enthusiastic about TAB. Yeah, we get together and we start having conversations. And you talk, and you and you just find out what's going on, and and you have questions, and you ask those people about what they do, and you know the, the cool thing about TAB is that it's so it's so context independently different for everyone as long as you keep true to you know the child as the artist right and understand and 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 slowly give up that control of the learning and then let the kids and and to give them time I'm, i still you know see and hear about teachers who expect to have great artists or their idea of what an artist is and so they're you know they're why does my child why does this art look like this yeah. it's like, well it's it takes time right and and you know back to you know the the, the three-part philosophy of the tab curriculum the child is the artist the room is the studio and you know the quest the question uh what do artists do uh, centers our activities in in the tab classroom and if if you peel back the layers of that question what do artists do they do all kinds of things so um you know so the tab classroom unlocks all kinds of pathways for human creativity and it's becomes a laboratory of of learning a laboratory of artistic expression a laboratory of human development through the arts and yep. and in so doing you have all these other layers of beneficial experience and back to thinking about the tab institute from this past summer you know the healing power of art where you have people bringing in ideas of their former experiences that may have not been good for them personally yeah. and using them in their art they're taking they're s using a process known as sublimation taking bad feelings and turning them into something good and and that's one of the secrets to therapeutic benefits of art bring the joy back to school taking taking anxiety taking personal ideas taking taking ideas related to good times and good yeah. experiences and and recapturing them through an art experience right so many wonderful benefits to personal experience through the arts but but like you said but like you said <clears throat> you know a lot of our teachers a lot of administrators a lot of parents a lot of other folk want to see adult like works of art coming from children uh they're used to that um but you know those kinds of 
those kinds of products that bypass the children's ideas are miss the whole point of the cre- of the uh, the creative process for the child because um, if you're using if you're using the teacher's ideas to produce what looks like snappy refined adult-like art then the child then the child misses the whole conceptual experience of conceiving and scheduling and the process of creating the you know it's you look at it and (coughs) you know to uh, to the lay person when you pick up simple materials like a crayon there's there's so many um sensory things that go into that crayon the smell of a crayon and 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 you know if if you know you know what a crayon smells like and that different crayons smell differently different crayons feel different in the hand yes you know if you go to applebee's and you pick up a crappy crayon <laughs> it doesn't write very well you know you you want those good crayons and then once you you discover that that feeling of of what it is to make a good mark and then then you explore that idea of exploring with materials and exploring with mark making and ideas and then you know and then you know, like I'm always telling my kids, you know, what if, what if you did this? Or you wonder, wonder, you know, why don't we wonder about things? I wonder why things are the way they are. Uh, and I challenge my kids to wonder, you know, if they're walking down the street and there something catches their eye to stop and think about, it. I wonder why, you know, whatever it was, made me physically stop and look in that direction you know that's a place to investigate that's an idea right there in in the classroom you're nudging you're giving little nudges of support Uh, the child has embarked on an artistic journey and the wise old art teacher uh, has a way of having a, a a brief but m- perhaps it's a, uh, a a potent conversation uh, maybe it's just a, s- a small exchange like you know wow I, this section of your drawing is just unbelievable look at this look at these contrasts in color look at this how did you you know and if you we ask them questions and they understand that you know here's here's an important part of your drawing that they may not have thought about um, that is supporting them and helping you know helping them gain confidence in their abilities and they will continue to uh, to dwell in that area and then you know making little suggestions here or there or or just supporting them yeah. with um, with uh, words of encouragement, like "Wow, I you know I I love this. This is this this is an incredible work, and it's incredible because." And then state you know 
reasons yeah. why. And, uh, you know, that's so imp- it, uh, uh, significant uh, in that the child knows that they, they took a risk and now their risk is paying off. Yeah. Because their teacher has acknowledged that you've created something significant based on just this wisp of thought and idea. And now we're headed in the right direction. Or and an accident. Or yeah, or an accident. But but that but that is the way to uh, support and encourage an individual's creative creative power. Yeah. So I was um, thinking one of the things that um, we could talk about today was. Um, you know a little bit about our studios and and we can go into more detail because a little about certain <coughs> areas of our studio that seem to be popular um this year as opposed to last year or what kids seem to be working on because you know it's it's very fluid depending on what's happening around and um you know in, in my room Pretty much every year, the, the cardboard area is, it's extremely popular, but the kids are really, for some reason this year, they're, they're really taking and diving into creating and going into um, the whole exploration of, of cardboard. I, s- I saw a couple of uh, the photos that you posted on Twitter, and yeah, they're, they're just going to town. Yeah, and... Who knows? You know, I'm, I'm looking at my studio now thinking, how can I expand it? Because in all honestly, honesty, I could probably, if I had 20 glue guns, I could have 20 kids working in cardboard. You got a lot of glue, glue leftover glue on your glue table over there. There's, they, They're really hitting the, the low-temp hot glue pretty, yeah. pretty hard. But even that, with the, a lot of them are using the... the gum tape and learning how to use that gum tape for um for building yeah yeah trying to get them away from using my masking tape my blue tape. yeah Uh, but gum tape's good because it's it's fairly cheap and oh it's really cheap it dries pretty quickly and if you cut it into bits, they can handle it, and you just use the wet sponge yeah. to it's dampen like it. Stickers, like a big, like a big stamp. Oh yeah, yeah. And they, um, you know, once once they get the hang of that, you know, we always do a demonstration. I'm like, okay, which is going to be harder yeah. to pull apart, the hot glue, or the gum tape? Which is it? Well. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anybody's <laughs> spoiler alert. Well, no, the gum tape always wins. Really? Especially if you use the reinforce that has the nylon. Oh thread. yeah. Oh boy. But um, yeah, that's you know because a lot of teachers can't use hot glue in their right. program. So gum tape, pre-cut. I know Susie Weinman at uh, LA LAUSD. Los Angeles Schools United Dist uh, Los Angeles United, United School, School District. District. Excuse me, there we go. But uh, 
but Susie's got one heck of a program at at, at her building working with uh, middle school kids, and she uses gum tape a lot. Yeah. And um, her kids love her. She's but that's that's one of the things that I think when when people use it, they understand that it's a process and it takes kids a while to get it. Uh-huh. If that makes sense. How often do you pre-cut your cardboard? Do you have do you pre-cut cardboard every day or every morning? Every I spend morning, about ten fifteen minutes cutting. I have a plastic bucket that I just fill up, and then some days, you know, it's just a few kids working and other kids. You know, they go over there and they just rob the whole thing, and I'm like, "Where's all the <laughs> where'd all the cardboard go?" And I'll look over and there's a pile, and yeah. <laughs> they're they're just putting it together. You know, it's I just spent 15 minutes in the morning break cutting up a box, and what do kids like to make out of cardboard boxes? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> why I Remake would never <laughs> steal them the opportunity of the joy uh-huh. of creating something. You know, it's like then they they love holding. Look what I made. Yeah, I made a box. Yeah, like. See that—that's the thing about you know, you—you you want them to start from scratch with an idea because you—if sh- you don't—if you already have a pre-pre-planned outcome, then you've skipped all the executive functioning experience and processes right. that kids need that they need to develop into um, more refined thinkers, and so. Yeah, pre-cutting the cardboard into smaller bits, and you know whatever the outcome is, they've been through that thinking process. Right. They, you know, and you know, it's never. I don't worry about it being cut perfectly. You know, I might we might talk about measuring, and that's a skill that they're learning. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> it's like, what are these numbers on this metal stick, Mister Fralick? <laughs> that, that's an inch. But they, um, you know, so showing them how to measure, getting them to measure is a different thing. But eventually, sometimes they'll, I'll look over and and they're measuring. And I'm like, well, you know, that's, it's sticking. It's coming. It's, it's working. You know, it might be fourth grade by the time they're using it. You know, instead of using it to hit people. (laughs) Well, they they become intuitive planners, and then sometimes they will just intuitively measure also. Right. And so they eye uh, it they, just like we do. Eyeballing is also <laughs> a good way to, you know, if you eyeball something, you you're, you are uh, t- doing a another mental process in approximating how much. Estimation, es- yeah. Es- yeah, estimating how much you need. So that's another uh, mental skill that you need as an artist: uh, estimating and approximating. That's spatially so spatial awareness, how much they're going to need. But um, the the card, your cardboard center is a hot, hot place. It's hot. Mine is too. Is that a pun? <clears throat> because hot glue is hot. You you had what was the question again? You said you said are you, is that a pun? Did you? Oh, that? it's a pun. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, <coughs> um, I hear your the uh, 
and they're harvesting and all the garbage is in the air so that oh yeah <clears throat> i'm still getting over covid well i'm not i mean i'm over it but you didn't tell me you had <clears throat> covid thanks <coughs> Just I, i've been i've been covid free for about six weeks okay so yeah i'm, Are you I'm sure? clear yeah i'm clear i'm not a long hauler okay. i'm clear i've you no symptoms except um are you positive positive no i'm not positive but i don't i don't have it but i uh yeah i think it's just just the just cool we're getting on, a, yeah we're getting a cool air thing right now here in here in the state yeah. of indiana but back to back to the cardboard though i mean it's you know probably the most popular i mean everyone wants to do it so yeah. I'm trying to figure out a way to expand my cardboard um, area uh -huh. in a safe way. Yeah, it's 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 a popular space, popular area, and um, yeah, you need a whole nother countertop. Yeah, that and origami's been really popular this year too. And I had kids doing macrame. I'm like, really? Yeah, I had fourth grade boy was i was looked over there and he's got all my yarn like it's like 30 feet but it's all cut into strips so he's got like i'm like oh, what but he's he's doing knots he's tying knots he wants he's, be he's doing macrame and he's teaching the other kids nice because they're like do you know how to not, what a girl came up to me and she's like I messed up. I, said, I don't see where you messed up. Yeah. But I'm not the expert. You need to go ask Zach. And <laughs> Zach's over there teaching people how to do macrame. <laughs> I'm like, I love the fact that you guys are doing macrame. So when you're done, bring it back so I can see what it looks like. Yeah. Because they all want to take them with them. Probably do it on recess in their spare time. That's the, that's the, uh, the neat thing about tab classrooms is the multiplicity of activity going on and thinking about that how there's so, uh, such a variety of of uh, forms of work going on and you do have children who don't know what to do or who are perhaps disengaged but they have they're exposed to what's going on and I know some folk like to hurry those kids into an activity I just let them be for a while and then slowly I will uh, have the I'll we will enter into an activity we'll have a complicated conversation of course I'm working with high schoolers now um, but I'll use an art trap, I'll set up an art game, I'll set up a special project for those disengaged kids. There are ways to get disengaged children uh, to participate in art making. And, you know, for one reason or another, they don't want to make art. I don't want to coerce them. That's the last thing I want to do is coerce a child. But because there's so many things going on in, in the tab classroom, so many opportunities. You know, you can, as a, as a 
our teacher who wants to do an intervention with these children or with a group of disengaged children, you set up a special activity. Hey, come on over here, guys. I need you to help me paint this mural that I've set up. I need someone, and if, if, if you have things preset for them that are risk-free, they will enter into, they'll, they will uh, consensually agree to work, especially if they know they haven't done anything. Yeah. But, um, but I, I don't want to force the issue because then if you force it too much on them, they're not going to like art. They're not going to like the space. They're not going to like... Well, they have to learn that they enjoy doing something. Right. And finding something that, you know, we're not really tricking them or, you know, we're leading them to an activity. Right. And they may or may not enjoy it. So finding those activities that that people can get into without um a lot of capital so they're not putting any emotional capital in it right that they can do and then they can find out hey i I can do this maybe i can try something else you know and and you're talking about not coercing them to do or (coughs) compelling them to do it i have kids who come in and they just, and it's just a few kids. It's a few boys. They're just not imma- They're just not mature. They they're just not there yet. Yeah. And that so, happens. Yeah. So we have the blocks, and they like to do the blocks. They like to play with cars. They like to play with the puppets, and they're just finding their way. And eventually, they will move into a creative activity. Um, but I don't, you know, I'll, I've got kids I've had for since the beginning of the year and they're still trying to fit in with what's going on in the classroom. And I've, I've had conversations with them. Yeah. And, but I said, you know, when you're ready, you can join us anytime. And we've, we have regular instances where that happens that it does happen where they will they will participate in an activity or with a material they'll explore it and um, uh, it's happened happens to me all the time I I love Nan Hathaway's art trap concept and I use it extensively when when I feel the need but um, but I I don't want to I don't want to hurry a child I I just don't want to hurry a child, uh, I, I would prefer to have a complicated conversation with them about why, what's happening, why are, you know. And then we can suggest from the complicated conversation, then we can talk about all the variety of things that they might consider pursuing based on their interests. And so, because the bottom line is we want their experience in the art room to be significant for them personally meaningful and uh, something that they care about yeah it has to be a positive experience i mean uh, i was talking to the music teachers and i'm like sometimes you know 
we just have to understand that music and art and those things sometimes that's what motivates kids to come to school yeah you know I don't feel good. Oh, yeah. QA day. Oh, I got to go to school. Yeah. Um, well, today's an art day. Today's an art day or today's a music day or I don't want to miss Jim. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and that, that's, that's a bigger picture. That's, that's, you know, that's something that I want kids to want to come to school. I, I want to be part of that equation as a um you know a positive influence in their choice to want to come to school if you have an a dynamic art program for administrators out there you have a dynamic art program where kids are really uh motivated to come to their tab art come to a tab art classroom because they're in charge what a boon that is for the entire school community and the, and the school, because um, uh, you know the kid the kids may not want <laughs> the kid may not want to be engaged in yeah. in uh, test preparation activities. Well, no, but you know that goes into our score, that goes into our grade attendance, and if we can pull in kids for attendance to keep our attendance above. 90 some percent you know we're we, doing our part we know how important art is to yeah large percentages of children and um and we see we see the uh we see it in conversations with them we see it in their writing we see it in their art yeah i i i totally agree about that and and you know art teachers all over the country and all over. Well, I, th I think it's important that, you know, we, the reason that TAB is important to the schools because it's not just a, a it's not just a, a lesson that you might have. You know, these art experiences are ongoing throughout the year. So it's, it's, it's baked into the entire school curricula, the TAB program, this understanding of the, by the children that, hey, when I get to art class at school, I'm in charge. That's the one, that is the one part of the school day where the curriculum is something that I have a say in, as opposed to the rest of the school curricula, which I, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to say, but you typically communication is one way, and the children are being tasked. Yeah. They're, they're, they're I mean, receiving. There's, there's teachers who, who add some choice but um when when your tab classroom is is full choice it is it's super it's a super dynamic it's magnetic and it just it pulls the kids because they want to be there they have the power they have the voice of doing their work uh as an artist absolutely I believe if your school has a tab program in it, a tab art program, it will make your school a destination school. Kids will want to come to school yep. because, because that art program 
connects to the entire curriculum. The children can take the rest of the school curricula as a source to generate art ideas, and they do it in the art room. And so then they can take what they've learned in the rest of their class experience into the art room and continue to make sense of it. You know, that makes TAB transdisciplinary and multidimensional. So if, if, you know, if you're just starting to get into TAB and you're not sure uh, how it's going to go, um, or maybe you've been doing it for a while and you're still uh, concerned about that, you know, it's, it does take time. Uh, if you want to get to know your students at another level, TAB is that vehicle that you get to know your, you really get to know your kids through their art. Absolutely. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, say that before we start wrapping things up here and, um, let these people get back to their time doing whatever we all like to do. So anything that you have um, personally that you're working on over, you know, that you'd like to share? Um, so we uh, received an invitation to, to participate in School Arts Magazine. So we will have, we've been working with Nancy Walkup and um, we've, we've, uh, we've put together a special, uh, we're putting together a special issue for Nancy and um, we'll see what happens to that. We have a lot of contributors from the TAB family and from the Choice, Choice family, uh, Choice-based art education practitioners and TAB practitioners and um, so this is an issue specifically centered around choice. Choice and tab. Choice and tab. Okay, I look so, forward to it. So we hope hope that it's uh, we th- cannot thank Davis Davis uh, Publications and Nancy Walkup for all of their uh, their uh, support and uh, confidence in in us. So. Um, uh, we're we're looking forward to reading that issue and uh, sharing it with all of our with all of our colleagues. Cool. Do you buy any new knives lately? Uh, no. No machetes. No. Buck knives. No, I. Well, Switch blades. I okay. So flip I, knives. No. So you okay? You collect uh, fountain pens, and I collect cheap knives. Let's get. So I like to carve things. I've been, you know, since I was a kid. I, you know, we lived up in the Kankakee marshlands up in northern Indiana, and there's a lot of woods and things. And we were camping all the time, and you know, like to whittle. Yeah, we cut things up and get out the barlow. <laughs> and uh, uh, so yeah, and and. Um, yeah, you know, you know that I collect cheap knives. They're well, just no. cheap ones. But you have a collection. Just a little one, little, not as fancy as your pen, 
your fountain pen collection. Yeah. I've seen that. That's like precious. Precious. <laughs> Some of them are precious. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not really bad into it but cause there's some <laughs> people who are really into it i've in seen that. your notebook and the drawings you have in it and the writing it kind of mm-hmm. looks like it reminds me of da vinci's notebook oh i'm just kind of playing around i made some s- notebooks for inktober for my visions kids we made them so that they could do inktober and i'm just kind of piddling around those notebooks will probably end up in the smithsonian <laughs> institution Give myself 15 minutes to make a drawing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to see what happens this year, and uh, I think we should uh, spend. You know, let's uh, see if we can get some more special guests on the program. Yeah, if if you're listening and and you have something, uh, questions or comments, send us a uh, send us a. An email. Send us. Uh, let us know so we can um, we can talk about those concerns and things that you want to know about. And I think also, you know, we were mentioning earlier. We we're talking about folks starting up their own PD. You know, leadership in art education is important. Yeah. Especially in this day and age, we need more creative empathic individuals now more than ever and so always looking for more tab colleagues you know we you could never have enough people doing tab that's right it's like oxygen you can never have enough tab is um or is that cocaine i couldn't remember stop (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding Yeah, um, we are always looking for to connect with yeah. all kinds of folk who yeah. are who are interested in, in tab or interested in good yeah. art education practice. Yeah, send us an email. Don't don't be don't be shy. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's all good. Just because you're world famous doesn't mean what? <laughs> who's that? <laughs> we have. We have um, the utmost respect for all of our colleagues. You and, and your posse. <laughs> we uh, we are um, we always yeah. look forward to connecting oh, yeah. with colleagues. Always learning. I mean, we we I've met some really really good, exciting teachers who, you know, they just do things differently. And when when you know, in true tab fashion, if we're uh, you know, honest with ourselves, we always try new things. Right. We're always trying to to make the the studio experience better for our kids. And you know, I've been doing this for twenty two, twenty some years, something like that. And Kathy and Diane, our 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 mentors. Yeah. Uh, they've. I mean, they will tell you people do tab their own way, and there is no one way to do tab. And there's, you know, our ways, our, the way we do it is different from other folk. Yep. And um, very specific to our context, very to our studios. Exactly. So we're, we, we try to adhere to the three basic philosophical tenets of TAB and 
the child we give the child agency through the first tenant which is the child is the artist we prepare the room uh, the the studio uh, is the child's the classroom the classroom is the child's studio and you know activities revolve around the question what do artists do yeah. and when you look at that question it's immense what do artists do all kinds of things i it's always ask that of my kids they're like they're right they'll come bring something up to me and they're asking me and i'm like what well what would an artist do <laughs> Get them, get I turn it back thinking. on them. I got they got to think. Yeah. So, getting well, them thinking. Clyde, thanks for uh, spending the last hour with me and sharing and talking and and getting um, caught up with uh, our what we've been doing and kind of yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to do these more often, other than every eight months. Hopefully I won't be suffering from COVID brain fog again. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I want to thank everyone for listening and spending your time with us this evening, afternoon, or morning, whenever you're listening. So uh, uh, anything else to add? Uh, it's all good. All right, great. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.